Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Marching along to another Mach 1 Market Moment. Walter Storholt here alongside the great team at Mach 1 Financial Group in Northwest Arkansas. Mach-1Financial.com, the place to go online to listen to podcasts, find out more information about the team, read the blog, watch videos, all sorts of good stuff there mock-1financial.com. The team has a whole staff of retirement income planning specialists standing by to help you make sure you're well prepared for retirement and your financial future. Joining us from the team today is David Lee, of course. Uh, has been on the radio here in the area for a long time and on the podcast, it seems like almost each and every week, or at least popping in every once in a while on the podcast as well. And David, looking forward to chatting with you once again today. Good talking to you again, Walter. Yeah, we got a good conversation on deck today. We're going to be talking about being realistic about retirement. And I think this is an important thing to talk about, David, because a lot of people have unrealistic expectations about retirement. And This is not a point the finger kind of thing. I'm sure we're both guilty of having these expectations maybe be out of whack from time to time. There's nothing wrong with making sure we reel ourselves back into reality before we make these major decisions. So I want to talk about some of the ways these expectations from what you've seen, David, some of the ways that they get out of whack and then what a more realistic scenario should look like. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I'm sure that you've seen people who have had extremely ambitious or unreasonable expectations for what they could achieve with their retirement savings, what they'd accumulated to a certain point. Can you give us an example of somebody who might have fit that description? Yeah, with, you know, without giving too much information away, how about I just speak in general terms of different types of things that I've either personally seen or stories that have been related to me from clients, from either family members or friends that they've dealt with. So I'll tell you one story that I was just told about here very recently. A man who had won a several hundred thousand dollars. It was either in a lottery or a casino winnings. I can't remember exactly what the story was. So after tax, let's say they had about $300,000 and decided that you know, he was about 60 years old, I believe. They decided, you know, that was way more money than they had ever seen in their life. And so he quit his job and decided he was going to retire and live on that money. They uh, took several friends on vacations and things like that. And within two years, he was back to work because, you know, the money had run out. So that's an extreme example. But You know, it's kind of the typical lottery winning type example where someone suddenly sees a large sum of money. They've never been used to managing money in their life. So it seems like from their perspective, they feel like, well, there's no way I can ever spend that much money in my life based on my life experiences. So I've got enough to retire. And obviously, that's not nearly enough to retire on for many people, depending on the standard of living that you live at, especially if you're going to take, you know, 10 of your best friends on a round the world cruise or whatever that type of money certainly won't last long enough. So that's one kind of glaring example of of an extreme situation that I've heard of. That's not one that I experienced firsthand here in my office, but an example of someone having an unrealistic expectation for what's a reasonable amount that they can retire on. Other generic examples that I've seen here before, someone who's got maybe fifty, a hundred thousand dollars of retirement savings and and they're ready to retire within the next year, and let's say before they're even eligible for social security, and they want to be able to spend five thousand dollars a month. Well obviously the math just does not work. 
in that situation. So the good news is I don't see those situations very often. In fact, honestly, in 13 years of doing this, I could probably count on one hand, maximum of two hands, the number of times that I've seen that happen. More often than not, I see the reverse where someone feels like they're way behind on retirement savings. They reluctantly come in and schedule a an appointment with our office to do a retirement analysis and they walk out the door feeling like, Hey, there's hope. I can get there from here. I can see that it doesn't take a whole lot of major adjustments to get from where I am to where I want to be by the time I you know, want to retire, whether that's age 60, 62, 65, 55, whatever it is. Well, I think it's, David, kind of funny because it doesn't always go that direction when we talk about unrealistic expectations. It doesn't always go, you know, I'm trying to do more than what I'm able to do with what I have. Sometimes it's at the other end of the spectrum. Expectations are way too low and they end up being in better shape than they realized. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like I was saying, I mean, honestly, that's more the rule of what I see than the exception. The exception would be the previous case we just talked about where someone comes in and they've got $50,000 and they think they're ready to retire tomorrow and spend $5,000 a month. That doesn't happen very often. Most people can see that the math on that's not going to work. It's just kind of intuitively obvious. The much more common example that I'm used to dealing with is the other end of the spectrum that you're talking about, where they, they have very low expectations. They come in, I can't tell you the number of times that this has happened. I can think of one time within the last month and a half, someone came in, they had reluctantly said an appointment, husband and wife, they're practically apologizing to me during the first appointment about, you know, to use their words about how little money they had saved and how they didn't want to you know, feel like they were, quote, wasting my time because they felt like they didn't have enough money to deal with it. And long story short, we, and this doesn't happen very often either, but this was kind of a humorous situation. We actually ended up finding some money for them that they didn't realize that they had. Again, this is an uncommon situation, but they had some employee stock options and even another 401k that they'd forgotten about. And so, we ended up completing the retirement analysis and with the extra money that we had found that they had forgotten about or didn't realize was there or didn't realize the value of what was there. Plus with the change that we had them make relative to what they were putting into their 401k each month, a relatively minor adjustment. I want to say we went from contributing 4% a year to their 401k to contributing 6%. I mean, it was a fairly minor adjustment. So those minor adjustments made a huge difference in the retirement analysis projection. In other words, in projecting out how long their money was going to last when they could retire made a huge difference. So they naturally walked out the door with their head held high and their shoulders a little bit higher than they were when they walked in. And they told me over and over again how glad they were that they set that appointment and they came in. And I can tell you that is more the rule than the exception. Maybe not the finding money that they didn't realize they had. That part's not real common. But what is very common is people coming in feeling like they're behind on their retirement savings, feeling like they're never going to be able to get there from here, and then walking out the door after having done the retirement analysis, realizing that with some fairly minor adjustments, they can indeed get there from here. Well, it's great to hear these kinds of stories, David, but I am curious, you know, you've done this for a lot of years, and that conversation around growth and rate of return always has to come up, I would imagine. 
What is a reasonable yes. rate of growth for somebody thinking about retirement in the near future to kind of expect to count on? Oh, that's a great question. And to answer that question, let me kind of give you the spectrum of what the risk-free rate of return is right now versus the market rate of return. Right now, the 10-year treasury is hovering right around 3%. And pretty much all risk-free investments are kind of benchmarked to that 10-year treasury, things like CDs, fixed annuity rates, et cetera. Those are all kind of benchmarked around that 10-year treasury. So on the zero risk end of the spectrum right now, you can expect a three to, let's say, maybe even a 4% rate of return. On the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, the U.S. stock market has averaged roughly about 11% per year over the last 30 or so years. So on the high end of the risk spectrum, you can expect maybe a low double-digit return, 10 11% a year, assuming the market continues to perform in the future like it has in the past. On the low-end, risk-free uh, end of the spectrum, 3%. So to answer your question, what would be quote-unquote reasonable? Well, it depends on how much risk we got to take to make that retirement objective work out. So if the earlier you retire with less resources you have to retire on and the higher lifestyle that you want to live at in terms of how much you want to spend per month, obviously the more risk you're going to have to take to generate a sufficiently high rate of return to make those numbers work. On the other hand, the later you retire with more income, more assets, at lower standard of living, the less risk and less rate of return you got to have to make the numbers work out. So what I can tell you is that typically on the retirement analysis we're doing, we're usually seeing most people need to average between 5 to 7% a year to make the numbers work. Some people are as low as 0%. Some people are as high as 10%. But reasonably, what I would like to see, to answer your question, is I'd like to see that the rate of return required to keep you, once you've hit that target retirement date, I'd like to see the required rate of return necessary to keep you retired be no higher than about 6% so that we don't have to take a high degree of risk. You know, the closer we can get to that risk-free 3% rate of return, the better, because the closer to zero risk we're going to have to take. I guess that's the input, right, of, you know, kind of what's going into the account, into the funds. Yeah. But what about output? That's the other side of the equation. And cash flow, how can you draw down on those investments? The old 4% rule, I know we've talked about on the podcast before, but, you know, what's a reasonable drawdown rate if we kind of have those different values that make sense for some people going in, but we've all got to take money out to make sure that we, we can spend right. that money in retirement? Right. So the answer of what's an appropriate amount or percentage to withdraw out every year is a function of your age. The younger you are, the less percent you should feel comfortable taking out and still have an, an assurance that that money is going to outlive you. So my rule of thumb is when you're, if you retire in your 50s, late 50s, let's say, my rule of thumb is going to be about 3%. If you're in your mid 60s or so, you're up to about four and a half. If you're 70 or so, you can maybe be taken out up to 5% a year out. So it's a function of your age. The older you are, the more percent you can feel comfortable taking out without running too much of a risk of running out of money before you pass away. Good to get kind of all sides of the equation figured out here. Last but not least, David, before we wrap up the conversation, is how you approach the conversation. What tone do you typically you know, take with folks in the office? Or how do you broach that subject of somebody who's way out of whack on their expectations, whether it be on the high side or the low side, and then get them back in line? What's that conversation yeah. look like? 
Yeah, we're we're obviously not going to whack people over the head and say, "What are you thinking?" If oh, I was hoping that was going to be the case. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> I was hoping that was going to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to you know browbeat you or make you feel unintelligent if you're out of whack on your expectations. We're just going to kind of show you the numbers. You know, make more sense if you came in and you saw the retirement analysis in front of you. You'd be able to see what I'm talking about, but. We'll show you, look, realistically, if you retire at this age, it's just the math just isn't going to work. I hate to tell you that, but the math just isn't going to work. Maybe you ought to think about working another year or two or three, at least until Social Security comes in. And maybe you ought to consider, you know, spending $500 a month less or $1,000 a month less than what you were planning on because you'll see it when it's right there in front of you, when the projection is done in front of you. You can see it doesn't require me telling you that it's not going to work. The numbers don't lie. The math doesn't lie. You'll see it projected right there in front of you. So that way we can be in a better position to be able to then coach you and say, look, you can see that this just isn't quite going to work. So let's make some minor tweaks. Let's try to change this assumption, you know, the age at which you're going to retire. If that's not enough, let's try to change this assumption, which is the the amount of money that you want to spend each month in retirement. Or if that's not enough, let's try to change other variables, such as how much you're going to put away each month between now and that retirement date. So there are some moving parts that can be adjusted. And we can see which of those moving parts is going to have the greatest impact on your future retirement. And then you can see with your own eyes what is realistic and what's doable. Well, here's the deal. If you want to have a conversation about your financial plan and get that kind of straightforward communication, but not one where you're going to be, uh, how was it as you put it there, David? Uh, Browbeaten. Browbeaten. Give the team a call and you're just going to have a common sense, straight up conversation about your financial plan. 479-876-2100. It's a collaborative effort. 479-876-2100. Your number to call. Or you can find the team online at mock-onefinancial.com. That's mock dash one financial.com serving you throughout northwest arkansas david thanks for the time again and we'll talk to you on the next show all right walter see you then much appreciated uh, it's david lee i'm walter storehold thanks for joining us we'll talk to you next time on the mach one market moment Advisory services through Capel Advisory Solutions, LLC, DBA Fusion Capital Management. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Please see full disclosures at www.mock-1financial.com.